Welcome to Big Rich Brock and Friends. Big Rich brings his clean comedy and storytelling to the weekly podcast that is laugh out loud and funny with a side of inspiration. Here is your host, Big Rich Brock. Hi, it's Big Rich Brock and welcome to Big Rich Brock and Friends. I appreciate you tuning in to my podcast today. We're going to have a great time. Got a lot of things we want to touch on. And I hope you're having a blessed day. Hope you're having a good week or a good start of the week. Whenever you listen to this, feel free. You can uh, email me or hit me up on social media. Let me know when you listen to the podcast. I'm curious. Are you a uh, a car rider? And I, I get you tickled while you're driving. Hey, don't blame me for a speeding ticket if I get you caught up. Do you listen from your workspace? I know like a lot of us, I work from home most of the time, so I've got podcasts on while I'm doing my work, or I've got some good uh, 70s rock or 80s pop going, and I'm just getting stuff done. So I'd be curious to know when you listen, and if you would, please share it. Let people know on social media that Big Rich Brock and Friends is a great 30 minutes of their day to spend. Hopefully I'll be entertaining, give you a little inspiration, and uh, maybe a little bit of frustration. But thanks again, and here we go. Man, there's so many things that we could touch on, but I want to talk to you about one of the things. I've mentioned it before, but, you know, doing comedy, a lot of this podcast, I talk about my life and what's going on is a middle-aged man uh, who's attempting a new career. You know, I was 54 years old when I stepped up to my first open mic. Um and when I did, I thought, honestly, I booked the first one at the Chattanooga Comedy Catch, which is a wonderful club. It's an A-list club uh, right by the Choo Choo in Chattanooga, Tennessee. If you're visiting Chattanooga, you definitely got to come by the catch. You'll see some great national performers. They do an open mic every other Wednesday. I booked it. I showed up. They said, come on. And then I got cold feet. And I said, I'm just not ready. So I called them, and I said, I'm not going to be able to make it. They were amazed that I called. I said, well, that's being raised by good parents and being older than some of these knuckleheads out there. And I said, can I rebook in a month? They said, sure, we'll put you down now. So I took another month, and I prepped and prepared. I've been preparing for it all my life, to be honest with you. But I stepped up there the first time. And if you don't know my background, I was a pastor for 25-plus years. I started, I became a Christian at 21, and the, and this isn't a preaching podcast, uh, though I might get to preach on me here in a minute. I don't pastor any longer. People say, what happened? Big Rich, why don't you pastor? Man, y'all have heard it before. Sex, drugs, and alcohol. I'm just kidding. Calm down. Some of y'all tuned up the radio. You tuned up your computer. I'm only playing. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I do. No, I'm playing. I love doing that bit, and it wears out some people. And then my little sweet 85-year-old aunt texts me and says, do you do drugs, really? And I said, only what the doctor prescribes. Only what the doctor prescribes. Uh, and that's some good stuff sometimes. But when I stepped up to do comedy, my background, I'd preach 4,000-plus sermons. 
I'd been in front of people. I was a TV preacher. Come on now. I did the TBN route, if you know what that is. I didn't have the high hair, but I did TBN. I did my own local programming in Chattanooga and North Georgia. I was on the WB network for a while. Uh, I did all kinds of things, radio broadcast. Man, I was doing all kinds of stuff, and I enjoyed it. But, man, I I wanted to do comedy. And I went through some things in life where I just didn't feel like I had anything to give as far as ministry. And I just decided to start my own business and change careers after I went through a divorce. And, man, in my life at that time, I was in my late 40s. My sweet mom, who had battled an illness for four years, went under hospice care the same day that my ex-wife served me with divorce papers. It was, And she knew it was coming, and that was her... Um, God bless her is all I'll say. So I went through that at the same time. And then I had to change careers. Only job I ever knew for my whole adult life was being a pastor in mega churches and church plants. And I made three major changes in my life. I became a divorced dad of three. I lost my sweet mother. And um, I changed careers and started my own business. And when COVID hit, like a lot of us, I examined my life. What really would make me happy? What is it that I want to do? And comedy just kept, uh, just kept itching me, just kept itching me, just kept stirring me. And I wanted to give it a shot. So I studied comedy during COVID while everybody else was watching Netflix. I was on YouTube studying comedy, learning how to write jokes, learning how to put bits together. I took my life experiences of being uh, raised in a small town, being an only child, being a pastor, being a father, uh, dating again. And I made that my show. And I put together, very quickly, I put together an hour's worth of material. And people, and I had other comics that were very seasoned call BS on that. They said, there's no way. And then they came to a show and they saw, well, I guess there is a way. Because, see, what people don't understand, when you've preached in megachurches or a country church, it doesn't matter. When you've preached 4,000-plus times, you learn how to work a crowd. You learn how to uh, get people's attention. You learn how to put a story together. And I'm more of a storyteller. I mean, for you old-timers, I love Jerry Clower. You know, wow, Jerry Clower. Man, my mom and daddy loved Jerry Clower. Jerry Clowers came to uh, Chickamauga, Georgia when I was about five years old. I've got a picture somewhere of me sitting in my dad's lap at the Gordon Lee High School Auditorium listening to Jerry Clowers. And that was the first comedian I ever heard, uh, James Gregory. I love James Gregory. I love what he does. I get compared to those guys a lot. There's a lot of comedians I enjoy from all different venues and avenues. Whether, you know, as a teenage boy in the 80s, that'd be the 1900s for you younger people. Eddie Murphy, if you like comedy and you didn't, man, Eddie Murphy was on everybody's playlist. I remember walking around my neighborhood with my boombox, listening to Eddie Murphy and being told to turn it down during the cussing part. I loved Eddie Murphy. I learned a lot listening to him and, and just Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, hey, no respect. I love Rodney Dangerfield. All those guys. And I can give you a list. My father loved Don Rickles, so I love Don Rickles. I'm not that kind of comic, but I'll sit there and watch Don Rickles on YouTube to this day. Watch um, George Carlin, watch Richard Pryor, 
you name them, uh, Robin Williams, I mean, just Dave Chappelle. I mean, the list goes on and on. And modern guys that I really enjoy, Dusty Slay. Man, Dusty Slay, I love what he does. I've learned a lot watching his career, and, and he's given me some good advice. Nate Bargatsky, Jeff Foxworthy. You know, Larry the Cable Guy, Ron White, all those guys, man. I'm so, I watched them and I thought, man, those guys are funny. And then I started going to open mics. I did my first one. I got through it. And man, my first open mic, it reminded me of something else I did for the first time when I was 16 years old. Come on, somebody. And I don't mean drive a car. <laughs> My first time, uh, it reminded me of that, man, cause, and here's why. Because my first night of open mic, I was told you only got four minutes. Kind of reminded me of my first time doing something else. And I only needed two minutes to get finished, and that reminded me of that, too. And then I said the same thing to the young lady that I said at the open mic when I was done. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I also said, I know I can do better. And I can't wait to do it again. And that's the way I felt when I did my first open mic. I booked another one the next week in another location. I went down to the Laughing Skull in Midtown Atlanta. Totally different venue, totally different vibe. Uh, did my thing, did another one. And after uh, four open mics, I did four. After four, I decided to turn pro. And you might laugh and say, oh, you're nuts. Hey, I was 50-something years old. My time, I knew I had 25 years' experience, almost 28, preaching and teaching in front of people, doing television, doing radio. I knew what I wanted to do, so I just went for it. And I started booking shows on my own in venues in my in my hood, in my neck of the woods. And uh, next thing you know... I booked a show. I'd go into places, and I'd ask if they'd ever done comedy. No, we haven't, but we thought about it. Would you be interested? And they said, well, we might. I said, what's your slowest night? This place said Wednesday. We're not even open. I said, would you be willing to stay open and uh, me do a comedy show? Let's see how it goes. And they're like, well, yeah, we'll give it a shot. I said, can you give me a three-month commitment? And if they'd said no, I'd have took one month. But they said, yeah. I said, it'll take three months to build it. And I said, now let's discuss payment. And they said, we ain't going to pay you nothing. And I thought, well, okay. I said, how about if I charge tickets? And I get the ticket money, and y'all guys get the food, drink, wine, beer, all that. They're like, sure. If you think you can sell a ticket, go for it. Lo and behold, biggest decision I had to make in my young comedy career was how much to charge for a ticket. Do I do $5 or 10 I was in the valley of decision. Two verses of just as I am, as the late great Billy Graham would say, the buses will wait. You can make your decision. Come forward today. And I decided, and one good piece of advice I got from an ex-wife, if they'll pay 5 they'll pay 10 I said, okay, $10. I was a nervous wreck. Why would somebody pay $10 to hear me tell jokes? Well, I hustled. I put it on my Facebook. I put it on my social media. I printed up some flyers. I stuck them around town. And lo and behold, 47 people showed up at $10 a piece. And I thought, my God, I'm a professional comedian. Next thing you know, the next day, somebody saw it on Facebook. They called me. They owned a winery. 
He was a acquaintance who's now one of my great friends. He's like, I didn't even know you did comedy. When are you going to come do a show? When do you want me? I booked that show, $10 a ticket, sold 55 sold it out. I've done a comedy show in that venue since that since the first one, at least every other month, sometimes every month. I've done 17 shows just in that venue over the last year and a half. Come on, somebody. And it's one of the most beautiful places, big door vineyards in white Georgia that you're ever going to find and great people. And man, so I just, I just went for it. And I want to encourage you today, whatever it is, if it's comedy, if it's music, if it's your business, man, sometimes you just got to go for it. But you also got to have talent. You also got to have breaks. You got to have some favor. You got to have a little luck. And man, just when you think you've got something going, things will come up against you to knock the out of you. And you got to regroup, refocus and keep marching. Man, I've watched people just in 18, 19 months of doing comedy in the Chattanooga, uh, North Georgia and Atlanta area that I've gotten to know. I have booked 45 different comics to open for me in my big rich and friend shows. And some of those guys, man, are going further and they've gotten better and gals and they're, they're just doing great things. Others I had once and I learned, man, those, you know, that, that they're not for me. Um, why, why were they not for you, Big Rich? Well, you know, number one, I do clean comedy. People say, oh, how clean? Clean enough. You know, I, if I swear, it's little Richie swearing, not Big Rich. And, and I try to, uh, keep things where if my children were there, that, um, even though they're grown now, I wouldn't be embarrassed. You know, I have fun. We have a good time. I tell things. I'm the king of innuendos. One friend of mine said that came to my show the first time, he says, man, you don't say anything dirty, but you sure made me think it. And I said, hey, that's between your own ears, brother, and uh, started laughing. He goes, no, that's a gift, man. You are, you know how to uh, entertain people. So here I am, and I'm marching forward, and I'm doing comedy, and I'm just having a good time. And in the midst of it, what I hope you see is whatever it is you're doing, if you're getting to do something you're passionate about, there's a lot of work involved, whether that's ministry, whether that's business, being a parent, being a musician or a comic. There is a lot of work that goes in. You know, when I was a pastor, I had an uncle who I loved dearly. Uh, he used to say to me every time I saw him, well, what's it like only working one day a week? And I thought, man, I am the second in command of a mega church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm working 80 hours a week sometimes, sometimes a hundred. And you're sitting there telling me I work one day a week. You know, it made you want to just get in the flesh for you church people. Uh, but I just grinned and I said, well, I'll let you, I said, I'll let you know when I find out. And I worked a lot and, and it was my passion. And the same thing with doing comedy. It's not me just standing up at the mic or coming in doing the podcast. It's all the things you got to do to get to this place. Man, one of my mentors, a lady by the name of Janet Williams, you might know her as the Tennessee Tramp. Um, now, if you Google Janet, be prepared. Put your earbuds in. Don't let your kids hear it, your little babies, because um, it's out there. But she's really good at what she does. And she was one of my first supporters when I started. I'm so thankful for her. She gave me encouragement. She gave me advice. 
she reached out to me because somebody reached out to her and said, you ought to hear this guy. I went and saw him at a bar. He did an hour and 15 minutes, and people just sat there and laughed. And she called BS. And lo and behold, we met. We talked. I did my first tape show at the Ringo Depot uh, back a couple of years ago. And lo and behold, she came to the show. Not only did she show up, she was there early. First ticket that first ticket collected was the Tennessee Tramps. And she sat front row, center seat, and she's basically saying, Make me laugh. And when I got when I looked out there and saw her, I thought it's own. I didn't look at it like, oh no, I looked like it's own. Man, if I make her laugh, I know I can do this. And I was so blessed because afterwards she hugged my neck and she said, you found your calling. You found your place. She said, that was amazing. Don't you let anybody change you. Don't you let this industry uh, pervert what you're doing or make you try to be something you're not. You know who you are and you know your audience. And that's coming from somebody that's been doing this 40 years. And I appreciate her. So if you know her. Uh, you let her know Big Rich loves her and appreciates her, and I'll do the same. Uh, but you need people like that in your life. Man, Dusty Slay, I sent a, I sent a video to and just asked him. I just said, Hey, I'm a fan. I've seen you several times. I've started doing this. I'm a former pastor turned comic, and I just wanted to see if you would watch my video and maybe give me some advice. I got a text from, or a, an email from him. And I remember it like it was yesterday because it said this. When I saw this video was 19 minutes and 21 seconds long, there's no way I was going to watch it. He goes, I just finished it. He goes, it was great. Man, you've got that Jerry Clower, James Gregory, Big Rich vibe going. And he said, I am really impressed. And, man, I wish you the best of luck. And, man, I want to tell you what that did for me. Just like it would do for you in whatever avenue you're in, it took my confidence up a notch. It took my confidence because when I felt like, is this working? Am I making a difference? Hearing something, getting encouraged by somebody that's achieved what you're trying to achieve, man, that's throwing gasoline on the fire, brother. That's throwing uh, TNT on the fire. And it built my faith and my confidence where I was ready to storm the gates of hell with a squirt gun, man. And I want you to know that today. As you're listening to this, whatever it is you're doing, man, if it's being a grandparent, a parent, a business owner, an employee, the Bible says whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Man, do your best. And don't don't worry about all the other things. Just do your best. And And opportunities will come. Doors will open. And I'm hoping some doors swing open for me as I do this. I got a dry bar comedy special that it, that is coming. Got it done. It's in the can. It's just a matter of when it gets released. And I did that eight months into comedy. I that was on my vision board, on my to-do list for my five-year plan. And by God's grace and favor and seizing the moment, because somebody said, you ought to send an email. And send them that clip. And I did. And I want to encourage you. I sent it to Drybar, to the awesome Keith Stubbs, and I heard nothing. Months went by. And somebody said, did you ever hear from Drybar? No. Send it again. I thought, why not? Send it again. 
Next week, I got an email. We enjoyed it. We loved what you're doing. We'd like to offer you a contract to come up here and be a part of season 12, Drive Our Comedy. Come on, somebody. Man, I'm talking now. I was like, man, I'm seeing things happen. And in the midst of that, you're going to face obstacles. Man, do you feel like sometimes in life you take one step forward and then two steps back? You just got to keep pushing. I'm preaching to myself today. You got to keep pressing forward. Keep your eyes on your goal. Man, I am blessed. I, I am thankful. I've got a lot of good things happening. And in the midst of it, yeah, there's some things I got to overcome. There's some personal struggles. There's some things in this life. But, you know, be of good cheer. We serve an overcoming God, man. He's the overcomer. He's the way maker. When there seems to be no way, he's already made the way. Heck, he is the way. I almost said hell. But heck, he is the way. And be encouraged in that. And uh, I'm just excited that I am able to uh, spend a little time with you today and share with you some things going on in Big Rich Brock world and encourage you what you've got going on in life. No, there's people that love you. Man, there's people praying for you. You might not even know who's praying for you today. But I'm telling you, when I when I became a Christian at age 21, I met people, and they're like, man, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you for years. And I didn't know that. And I thanked them, and I said, I appreciate it. And there's probably people doing the same thing for you today. So, man, just keep marching forward. Miss, keep marching forward. Uh, you single mamas. You're doing a great job. I know it's hard. I know it's tiring. Don't grow weary in doing good. Man, you don't do this by yourself. God's on your side. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That fellow might have, but God won't. And you're doing a good job. I know there's some of you, you're having to be mom and dad. And some of you dads are having to do that. You know, it goes both ways. And be encouraged. Just know that you're making the greatest investment you can make in this world is into a child, into your children. So, man, keep doing what you're doing. I I am thankful that I have three sons, and those three boys, I remember when, you know, my oldest son is four years older than my middle, and my middle son is four years older than my youngest so basically what that means is, is I paid for braces for 15 straight years. You know, that I had a high school student 14 out of 15 years. Uh, my, my youngest son is graduating high school this year. Thanks be to God. And he turns 18. Thanks be to Jesus. My child support will end. And, uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen then? But being a parent, and investing that time. There was a time when they were younger. All three of them were playing sports. We were in church. We were, you know, they were in school. Three kids, none of them the same division. So you had three different football practices at three different fields with two parents. We made it work. Same thing for baseball. We made it work. Basketball, we got a break. We only had two kids play basketball. That was our, oh, we only have two places to be. But I made a decision, and and sometimes it wasn't popular. But I'm like, hey, we didn't go without anything, and our boys didn't have any wants. I mean, we we met, we covered the bases, so to speak, financially. But I made a decision. I wasn't going to be working 
those nights they were playing ball games. I was going to do my best to be at everything they did. And some people can't do that. And I totally understand. And that's not to throw somebody under the bus. That's not to say, oh, look at me. I'm just saying if you've got the choice, choose to be there. Because the best memories I have, some of the best, are those rides back and forth from the ball field, from practice. You know, I joke around when I started doing stand-up and I did a few open mics. I did my first open mic and I put a picture of me on Facebook the next day. And people are like, why didn't you tell me we'd have been there? I said, man, doing open mic is kind of like watching your kids practice football. Nobody wants to watch that except the parent. Man, us daddies are going to sit there and watch it, analyze it, encourage baseball practice, football, basketball. I love being there. I'd sit there and do my paperwork from the bleachers or my lawn chair and watch the kids compete and learn and let them know I was right there if they needed me. And I'm very thankful I got to do that. Now, that cost me some dollars. That cost me some opportunities. But I am so thankful that I did it. And I hope as my boys get older that when their fathers one day, and hopefully it's not soon, come on somebody, that they'll be able to look and say, okay, my dad was there for me, and I see what he went. I see the sacrifices he made now. They don't see it when they're 5, 7, 10, 13, 16. But when they become fathers, I hope they will see, because that's what my father did for me. My father worked a job where he walked 12.3 miles a day at the post office for over 15 years before the next 18 he got a mail truck. But he walked 12.3 miles a day, five days a week. And, and I always joke and say, how do you know that, Big Rich? Because he reminded me every day of my childhood. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But he did. And when he would walk that, when we would get home, he would feed the dog. He would do a couple things. He would spend time. He trained a German Shepherd that was in the wheel before I was. And I'm an only child, so that tells you. But that was his therapy. Man, that was his 30 minutes with that dog training and working through things was relaxing to him. And he was always available to pitch baseball, to throw football, to rebound for me, to play a game of horse. My father was always available for that and if he couldn't when i asked he said we will do it later we will make sure we do it i remember building a my cousin kicked some he he played running back linebacker and kicked all on his high school team so i set up a goal post out there in the yard and had a stick going across two trees and i started working on my kicking there's my dad out there he wouldn't hold he was smarter than that he wasn't about to hold that football to me break his finger but he would be out there watching me and throwing the ball back and he invested in me so you be encouraged today you might be working two jobs it might be hard to make time It's not about um, quantity. It's about quality. And I believe that you're making some good quality time with your significant other, with your children. Could be your grandchildren. Heck, there's many of you today, you're raising grandchildren um, because their mamas and daddies aren't. And you be encouraged. You're making a difference. They might not understand it right now, but I do believe, because I'm telling you something, I was as selfish a teenager as you'd find. All I cared about were girls, 
I was like Motley Crue, girls, girls, and girls. That's all I thought about. And throw some alcohol in the mix, I was good to go. But as I got older, I realized, man, the sacrifices that my parents made for me to have the kind of life that I was able to be raised in. And I commend you, Mama. I commend you, Dad. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, keep praying. Uh, trust God. Man, I remember my dad telling me when I was 22 years old, he said, man, we didn't know what we was going to do with you. You were at a place as a teenager where you were drinking all the time. You were, um, you know, just wasn't a bad kid. I was probably ADHD or whatever it is, never diagnosed. And it's hard to keep my attention. And, man, I just all about enjoying life and all that. But I remember my dad saying, we we laughed, we cried, we grounded you, we punished you, we ignored it. And then, lo and behold, one night we realized when we were praying that when you came into this world, we dedicated you as a baby back to God. And when you were 21 years old, we got on our knees in our living room and we prayed and said, God, we give him back to you because we just don't know what to do. And we dedicate this young man back to you. And I want you to know something. Within two months, I was a born-again Christian. Two more months, I was called into ministry, and my life was changed. My daddy told me all that. The comedian in me came out. I said, oh, what the hell took you so long? <laughs> why, why, why didn't you do that when I was five instead of waiting till I was 21? And, you know, I said I didn't say the hell part because my daddy didn't cuss. And uh, But you be encouraged. You realize what you do all you can do, God will do the rest. And uh, we're going to have a great time. i got great shows coming up. Uh, if you're listening, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram. Uh, hopefully I've got my Facebook back. Uh, I got hacked, and I don't know if it's the Taliban or an ex-wife, but somebody got a hold of my Facebook. I lost all my followers. I had seven. I got it built up to about 7,000, and that's not a lot compared to a lot of people. But for a guy that started comedy 17 months ago, that was a lot, and I had to start over. So if you hadn't followed me yet, follow Rich Brock and Big Rich Brock Comedy on your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Man, I'm a TikToker now. I'm trying to put more on TikTok and YouTube. I have a YouTube page. It's got some of my uh, shows on it. It's got some of my bits. You can find some of my videos and be a part of that. But I've got some great things coming up in October. I just want to remind you of, if you're in the area, uh, please come out. Get your tickets early. Limited seating and unlimited laughs. I'm going to be at Three Strands Vineyard in Dallas, Georgia. On Thursday, no, I'm sorry, on Friday. My goodness, they're letting Big Rich in on a Friday. Friday night, October 6th at Three Strands Winery in Dallas, Georgia. Tickets are on Eventbrite. Show starts at 7 p.m. I'll be in Ringgold, Georgia at Caffeine Addicts on Friday, October 13th at 7 p.m. with Julie Moya and the great Bobby Daniels will be opening. And then I'll be at Bucking Goat Brewery on Saturday night, the 14th, in the Dallas-Ackworth, Georgia area. And I will have the Eric Hunter a part of the show. Eric was on Last Comic Standing, did a couple movies with the great William Shatner, and he is a lot of fun and one hilarious dude. Then you can find me October 19th on Thursday 
at the prettiest winery, you're going to find Big Door Vineyards in White, Georgia, right off I-75, exit 290. Come out and be a part of that show. And then I'll be downtown Cartersville on Thursday, October 26th at the Olive Tree and Vine. Make sure you come out. Get your tickets through uh, Venmo, Cash App, at Big Rich Brock Comedy. And then if you want to book a holiday show or if you've got a club that you're a part of or a winery, brewery, comedy club, man, reach out to me. Let them know you want to see Big Rich in your area. I'd love to go ahead and book my 2024 calendar, get some more traveling in the mix. My dry bar special will be out by then, and we'll have us a Big Rich time. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you next time on Big Rich Brock and friends. You've been listening to another episode of Big Rich Brock and Friends. For more information and past shows, go to our website, bigrichbrockcomedy.com. Thank you for listening.